Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by Nick Scott at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Well, this morning we come to what is the, uh, the final message in a, a series we've been doing just through the course of this month called By My Spirit, uh, a phrase which, of course, is taken from Zechariah chapter 4, which says, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It's a well-known verse, which uh, is often quoted, and which in many ways I'd suggest is uh, something of a blueprint for life. What it's saying is that you can live your life in your own strength, by power, by might, uh, with a whole lot of striving and straining and competing, uh, maybe in the workplace or in other social ways, competing with others, stepping on others to better yourself, clamouring over other people to get ahead, doing whatever it takes to keep up with the Joneses and uh, sort of live at a level that's that's comparable to other people. You can do that or you can choose a different path. You can choose a by my spirit path and choose to live according to the ways of the spirit of God. And one of the most amazing truths of the Christian faith is this reality that the Holy Spirit... The spirit of the living God, the third person of the Godhead, one of the persons of God himself, comes and lives within you and makes his home with you in your physical body. We we read about that in 1 Corinthians 16, or is it 6.19? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? Just take a moment to make sure you're physically here this morning and not just here in spirit. Maybe uh, pinch the person next to you and uh, make sure they're physically here. Your physical body, just take this in for a moment. The one you're sitting in this morning is the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. It's what happens when, uh, when you come to God by faith and initiate a relationship through Jesus Christ. You receive the Holy Spirit and his promise is that he is with you constantly. He will never leave you. You may grieve the Holy Spirit by some of your actions, some of your attitudes. You can bring joy to the Holy Spirit by some of your actions and attitudes. Either way, his promise is that he's with you and that he'll never leave you. His goal is to move you with your cooperation from where you are to where you need to be, to move you from disobedience to obedience, to move you from places of darkness in your life to places where the light of his presence shines, to move you from independence to a state of understanding your true dependence upon him, to move you from a place of isolation into a place of community, to comfort you, to help you, to teach you, to guide you into all truths, what uh, Jesus says in John 16, 12, this is the role of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling spirit, ultimately to mould you increasingly into the image of Jesus Christ, to make you more like him, and then also to send you out on mission to fulfil your God-given calling and purpose for your life. 
So what that means is we all need to learn, actually, to pay close attention to those internal promptings of the Holy Spirit because he always has our best interests at heart. Uh, I don't know if you've ever um, watched a toddler uh, on the verge of doing something wrong, on the verge of doing something that's not going to end well, either out of rebellion in some cases or in other cases out of just sheer ignorance. And often it's uh, an attentive parent who just needs to say, "Uh uh-uh. Ever said that as a parent? Nearly every parent. I reckon it even crosses ethnic boundaries. "Uh Uh-uh. Maybe there's an Asian equivalent. Uh Uh-uh. That's enough to prompt the toddler to turn around and look at the parent, at which point the parent can say, don't do that. Uh Uh-uh. Don't do that. Don't touch that. That's, that's hot. That's dangerous. Don't touch that. That's, that's poisonous. That's, that's going to be bad for you. Don't go near the edge. Come away from there now. Come closer to me. Come and be with me. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to learn to pay attention to the uh-uh of the Holy Spirit who has your best interests at heart. And those times when you're about to do something you know is wrong and the Spirit says, uh-uh, don't do that. Sometimes out of rebellion, sometimes out of ignorance. But that inner voice from the indwelling Holy Spirit that says, uh-uh. And at that point, you can ignore that prompting and carry on to your own detriment, which at times we probably all do. Or you can pay attention to that prompting and turn and face your heavenly father whose heart is to guide you into all truth, to help you to do those things that are right and stop you from doing those things that are wrong. He's there to help you. Turn and face your heavenly father who having said, "Uh uh-uh, and now he's got your attention by the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, then can say to you, Come closer to me. Just come away from that. Don't look at that. Don't do that. Don't touch that. Come away and come closer to me because I'm here to teach you to do life better. I'm here to help you, to walk with you, to work with you, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. All right, we have a reading this morning that will reveal some helpful insights into the way the Holy Spirit works and guides us in our lives. Acts 13, it is just three short verses. Acts 13, 1 to 3, and uh, Jeremy is going to read them for us. Thank you. Verses 1 to 3. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manin, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Excellent. Thanks, Jeremy. It was an easy task this morning, wasn't it? Maybe keep that open um, on your device or on your lap if you've got it there. But um, let me begin with two important observations about the early church that we discover from Acts 13 verse 1. And the first is that we see there were recognised leadership roles that in the church at Antioch, it says there, there were prophets and teachers. And uh, 
you might be familiar with the verses in Ephesians 4 and 11 and 12 also, that God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Why? For what purpose? Well, to equip God's people for works of service. And then in those verses, Paul goes on to link these giftings uh, with the outcomes of unity and maturity in the body of Christ. That's, that's why those roles exist. So to function well by God's design, the church needs what is sometimes referred to as the five-fold ministry of leadership. You might have heard that term. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, five different roles. And the evangelical church in Australia, which we're certainly a part of, has typically been quite strong on the pastor-teacher focus, perhaps not so strong on the apostle-prophet-evangelist focus, and so at times people with those giftings end up feeling a little bit marginalised because we don't quite know what to do with them or how to empower them. But God has placed them amongst us because God knows that we need them. We need them for our own uh, ongoing unity and for our ongoing maturity. Of course, God's con- God can speak through anyone at all. He spoke uh, you know, to Balaam through a donkey, which we often have quoted. If God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you. He can speak through anyone. But he will speak. If we understand Acts and the rest of the New Testament, we understand he will speak to his people through his appointed leaders, not exclusively, but certainly including that strategy. Well, the second observation is that there is rich ethnic diversity in the early church. There was, uh, this was a strategy of the Holy Spirit to gather people on the day of Pentecost uh, from every nation under heaven, as it says in Acts 2.5. He's gathered these people together and then those people are filled with the Holy Spirit before then being sent out to spread the message of the good news of the kingdom of God. And so it's a practical strategy, but also one that illustrates a new order of things as God draws people together across ethnic barriers, hallelujah, to a new unity of one people together. Galatians 3, you might be familiar. So in Christ Jesus it says, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That's the thing that we now have in common. This, you know, odd ethnically diverse group of people even gathered here this morning. We're clothed with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, says Paul, says the Lord, actually. Here at Mount Pleasant, you might be Asian or African. Any Africans amongst us? I thought there was uh, one or two there. You might be Asian or African, Caucasian, Indigenous, South American, European, you might be a tradesman, you might be a cleaner, you might be unemployed, you might be a company CEO, you might be a student or a stay-at-home parent or a retiree. In the kingdom of God, you are all one in Christ, in the family of God, and so therefore, whoever you are this morning, you have a place and you belong. Because God breaks down those distinctions and the Holy Spirit abolishes our petty discriminations even the ones that we determinedly cling on to in our fallenness, our rebelliousness. But God has broken them down and we need to make sure we don't allow our prejudices and our differences to separate us from one another when God actually is in the business of drawing us together as one. So whatever your background, 
Whatever your job or lack of job, whatever your ethnicity, whatever your level of education, God has a place for you. He has a role for you. He has a purpose for you, something that the Holy Spirit is calling you into. So how does the Holy Spirit lead? How do we follow well? Well, there's a little three-part process tucked away in these three small verses, which uh, process is not meant to be prescriptive, but hopefully will be helpful in our understanding. And the first step in the process is hearing the Spirit. Verse 2 says, While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Now, the Holy Spirit said, it's a simple little phrase, but, you know, it's worth us pausing for a moment to ask the question, what did that look like, actually? What, uh, what actually happened? How did they hear what the Holy Spirit said? Did they hear an audible voice? Did writing magically appear on the wall, as it did in uh, you know, Daniel 5? You remember that story? There was a, like a giant hand appeared and wrote things on the wall. That'd be nice. There's a good wall over there, Lord. You could use this to, to tell us what's next. Well, did that happen in Acts 13? It, would, it, you know, it could have. It, it would seem not. It would seem not. In this case, the clue is in verse 1. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. In other words, there were people in the church then, as there are now, who have prophetic gifts and teaching gifts. And this is one key way that the Holy Spirit speaks. We have people here who have prophetic gifts. We have people who have teaching gifts and other gifts. Some of those people are on staff and have a broader calling to the larger church family, as, uh, as I do. I'm one of those people. just feel the Lord's called me to that. It's been affirmed by others. Others are involved in connect groups and uh, have perhaps a calling to a smaller context within the church family, people in youth ministry, people in different age-based ministries, in small groups and other places. But these people are not more spiritual than other people. Sometimes they think they are, which can be a problem as spiritual pride can creep in for all of us, but they just have a particular gift from the Lord to discern and teach and communicate what God is saying to others in the church, primarily for the building up and encouragement of the church. Let me say the the most mature prophetic voices will come with a great humility and with an awareness that they might be wrong or they might not have the whole picture. And maturity... And openness to correction from others go hand in hand. And when it comes to hearing the Spirit, one of the dangers is the tendency for us to individualise the process. So I want to hear from God, so I'll go off by myself and I'll pray by myself so that I can hear from God what God's saying to me. Well, uh, nothing wrong with going off by yourself to pray, of course. Nothing wrong with seeking the Lord and seeking what God is saying to you. And certainly God may well speak to you in that context. But in the New Testament, when it comes to hearing and discerning the voice of God, it seems generally to be a collective process. It seems generally to be a together experience. Here in Acts 13, it was while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, while they were together the Holy Spirit said. In other words, there's something about the gathering together of the people of God in a building like this, in a larger group, or in a home during the week, or a connect group, or a prayer group, or some other context, that is then conducive to the hearing of his voice 
together. Which leads me then to the second important step in the process of following the leading of the Spirit in our lives, and that is discerning the direction. I love this phrase in Acts 15, 28 that says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And again, in that context, I'd suggest that's a phrase that summarises a process of discerning what God is saying. The Apostle Paul touches on this discerning process in 1 Corinthians 14, where he says, when you come together and various spiritual gifts are to be used for the strengthening of the church, he says in Chapter 14, verse 29, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is being said. Do you get that? Two or three should speak, others should weigh carefully what is being said. Even what is being said this morning by me, others should weigh carefully. What's the Lord saying to us? So this phrase, the Holy Spirit said, involves then a process of discernment, of careful weighing. In the church today, I suggest this process of discernment is often sadly lacking because often you have individuals who say, oh, well, God told me that I should do this. God told me. God's told me that this should happen. And the phrase God told me, you know, is a very bold claim, often puts an end to any further discussion or challenge. Because if God told you, well, how can I argue with that? God told you. Well, who am I to offer a different perspective? God told you. See, too often it's a phrase that people use to spiritualise and justify their decisions because deep down they're a bit insecure and worried about what other people are going to think. And so they use this phrase, oh, no, God told me. That sort of makes it all okay, whatever this thing is that I've decided to do. God told me to do it been amazed over the years at how often God has told people to take higher paying jobs or move to a bigger house in a nicer suburb. I've been amazed to hear how God has told people to change churches. Oh, God's leading me to go and attend a Hillsong church. Is he? <laughs> oh, he might be, but is he? Or do you just want to go to that church? I don't know it's Hillsong church, by the way. It's a great church. But God told me Well, tell me then about your process of discernment. Tell me about the godly group of people that you've submitted that to for them to weigh up carefully and discern with you what God is saying. Are you open to that being challenged or even refuted or have you already made your decision? Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit yourselves then to one another out of reverence for Christ. You're submitting those things to one another. This, to me, it highlights the importance of connect groups, accountability groups like our, what we call MP3s here. As you face important life decisions, as you face directional changes, as you come to some sort of crossroads in your life, do you have some people around you who can weigh carefully what's being said and help you by the indwelling spirit, the spirit that dwells within you and within them? And somehow, in a wonderful way, dwells within us together in a way that helps us to discern. As you ask that question and say, well, this is what I think that God is saying to me. Do you have people around you who care enough to say, well, we will pray with you on this. In fact, you know what? We will fast with you. We'll fast with you together as we seek to 
discern what God is saying. We'll challenge you if necessary, but let's earnestly seek the Lord on your behalf as you face this big decision. You know, here in Acts 13, note that it was while they were worshipping and fasting that they discerned God's voice and his leading. That in itself tells you that this discerning process took some time. They weren't far, you can't fast for five minutes. Well, you can, it's not much of a challenge. Contrary to what it sounds, fasting is not fast. <laughs> fasting is slow. Fasting takes time. And so there are times, I'd suggest, with that discerning process that we need to take time, take time to wait on the Lord and not by myself out in the desert. might include that, but at some point to take some time together with some of the people of God who I trust to help me to discern what God is saying. But then, of course, there is a time for action, a time for response, which brings me to the third part of the process, and that is responding in faith. Back to Acts 13, as a church, they heard from the Holy Spirit. They took some time to discern together and confirm what God was saying, and then they acted. They laid hands on Paul, on Saul and Barnabas, it was, laid hands on them, and then they sent them off, And the next verse tells us that off they went. Two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went. They went. They responded in faith. They set sail to Cyprus. And interestingly, almost immediately, they faced this horrendous opposition and persecution. One point, a a group of people stoned Paul and uh, then dragged him out of the city thinking that he was dead. Well, welcome to the Christian life of service. Welcome to a life of ministry of serving the Lord. That was just the first missionary journey for Paul. And, uh, you know, at that point he didn't say, oh, goodness, this is all a bit difficult. Obviously I'm not in the will of God. There's opposition. No, I must be, I must be not following God right. No, he didn't say that at all. Oh, by the way, he didn't make a stand for his religious freedom either. He just got on with it. Tim Costello, you might have heard recently, talking about this whole standing up for our rights as you know, people of, and then maybe there's a place for that. Probably a message for another day. Tim Costello said, "Maybe we just need to suck it up and just get on with it." I have a feeling that was Paul's attitude. And on the second missionary journey, uh, you know, they were stripped and beaten and arrested and thrown into prison. On the third journey, they were caught up in riots. They were threatened. They were abused. They were arrested. What about Paul's rights? Religious rights? Well, have a listen to his response in Acts 20. He says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. Now, interestingly, the Holy Spirit's not saying, Oh, don't go there. You might get thrown in prison. No, he's saying, This is what will happen. Just be aware. These things are coming your way, Paul. However, says Paul, I consider my life worth nothing to me, My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. My point is, a by-my-spirit life is not necessarily an easy, comfortable life. When the Holy Spirit sends you, you will face opposition. You may not be arrested and stoned and thrown in prison. I I I pray not. But you'll face opposition. 
And it may not be easy. Don't throw your hands up and say, oh, obviously I'm not hearing right from the Lord. No, no, it's going to be difficult. If God is calling you out, sending you into something new, he'll be with you, but it may not be smooth sailing. Some of us need to change our expectations. It may not be smooth sailing. Speaking of sailing, you might have heard the saying, you can't steer a ship while it's in the dock. You know that old thing, you've got to, to, to steer a ship, it needs to be moving. Otherwise, if it's in the dock, you can move the rudder around as much as you like, but you're not going anywhere. You're just in the dock. You've got to actually get moving. And so it is as you seek the direction of God in your life, there comes a time for action, for a response of faith, for uh, stepping out and doing something. And then often as you step out in faith and begin to serve, begin to get involved, even uh, in a, a, a place that's kind of a safe start, getting involved in some ministry in the church, get involved in serving. God will then steer the ship of the mission of your life and lead you on to other things. Uh, So as you came in today, I hope that you might have received, unless you're stuck in through a back door or something, you might have received one of these um, opportunities to serve flyers. Encourage you to make good use of those this morning and uh, take some time to just fill out your details and maybe tick one of those things that maybe uh, you might be interested in exploring further. You can hand these to the ushers on the way out today or you can go to the table that's in the foyer. And then, of course, there's that opportunity to, some of you might already be feeling a prompting from the Holy Spirit, to get involved in some way in your local kids' sporting club. Well, these guys are going to be present out in the foyer to talk with you more about that. And you can chat with them, you can fill out forms and things. It doesn't lock you into anything, don't worry. It just opens a door of opportunity. Maybe the Lord might just use this as a way to just launch you away from the safety of the docks to enable God's leading in your life. Well, why don't we bow in prayer and we'll close this morning. Father, we thank you for the way you continue to speak to us. Thank you for the way that you lead us. And Lord, um, many of us, if we're honest, we would confess that our lives of following you have been perhaps a little comfortable And uh, perhaps, Lord, you might prompt us even this morning to take a step of faith that will launch us in a direction that's less comfortable and yet more likely to be a fulfilment of what you have planned for us. Lord, help us to take more of that attitude that Paul has, that really no matter what happens, we're here to serve you and to spread the word of your gospel. The good news that Jesus loves people. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of the Holy Spirit who is with us, dwells within us, teaches us, comforts us, encourages us, guides us into all truth. That Holy Spirit who moves us from where we are to where we need to be. Help us, Lord, to, in our day-to-day lives, pay attention to that uh uh-uh of the Holy Spirit that would lead us away from sinfulness and from godlessness and further into a direction of wholeness and restoration and righteousness that you have for us. So lead us and guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.